This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. A good nerve Shabbos. A good nerve Shabbos. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is Chai FM, 101.9 Chai FM. And indeed, it's a pleasure to be with you once again as we explore the season, the time that we find ourselves in. And yes, we are in the season of the seven weeks of consolation, this being the seventh week, the second week. We are also in another period of time. And that period of time is the 120 days that Moshe Rabbeinu was up on the mountain, three sets of 40. He was up on the mountain from Shavuos until the 17th of Tammuz, from Shavuot until what we have is the beginning of the three weeks. On the 18th of Tammuz, he went back up. He was there until the end of the month of Av, the 29th day of the month of Av, which is approaching. We'll have that in another nine days. Excuse the expression. And ultimately, from the beginning of Elul, he was back up on the mountain for 40 days. And the time that we find ourselves in now is the middle set of 40 days. The middle set of 40 days has a particular character that we want to talk about, zone in on, and draw lessons in life from. The days are getting longer now. We'll be lighting candles at 528, and Shabbos will be out at 622 next week. But we want to speak about that middle section of time and that details matter. This entire 120-day period began with a wedding. Shavuot was the marriage of Hashem and the Jewish people. In fact, the customs of wedding can be traced to what took place at Sinai. The ultimate relationship is actually Hashem relating to his world. Particularly, Hashem and the Jewish people have a bond. They have a connection and a partnership to carry something out, to build a home. To build a home, and the Jewish nation is compared to the wife, And as much as the husband creates the structure, builds the walls, builds the actual building, it is the wife who turns it into a home. And the home is the yearned for dwelling place down here in this natural world that God so desired. He deeply, deeply wanted it. And it was for that reason that he actually created the world the Medrash in Tanchuma tells us God passionately wanted a dwelling place amongst us in this world where he is not seen, in this world where it is so easy to see the external and to stop right there. And he wants, he wanted, he continues to want to dwell amongst us, to dwell not only in our minds and our hearts, but in everything that we do. And how do we bring him into 
our lives through remembering him when we do business, when we prepare food, when we eat food, when we buy clothing, when we wear clothing, when we interact with one another, when we guide our children, when we stimulate our own minds, when we address ourselves to each other, and very, very clearly he gets great nachas when we interact with each other the way he interacts with us, with kindness, with patience, giving many, many opportunities to bond, many opportunities to put the relationship on a better footing. So the first 40 days, when Moshe was up on the mountain, is compared to a kind of honeymoon. At Shavuot, the giving of the Torah, that was the big party. That was the ceremony. And Moshe then went up. God called him to come up into heaven to study the Torah with God himself. Can you imagine such a teacher? And when those 40 days were drawing to a close, the Jewish people became nervous that he wasn't coming back. And they created the golden calf. They created the golden calf, which is mentioned again in this week's parsha. Hashem tells Moshe, go down off the mountain. The nation that you have brought out of Egypt has gone astray. They have stopped doing what they need to do. They didn't see me. They forgot about me. They so want to see, to have something visual. And when you weren't there, they forgot about me. Moshe Rabbeinu went off the mountain, judged the people, and went back up on the mountain. And that middle set of days were from that time days of upset, days of difficulty. We are in those days now. Three weeks are especially times that highlight the difficulty of this time. But we still have another nine, ten days till we will come to Rosh Chodesh Elul, till we will enter the second, the third set of 40 days. So let's look at this middle set of 40. These were days of chaos, of upset. Moshe prayed incessantly that God not only not destroy the people, but that he once again reconnect with them in a personal way. These are days... In fact, all the 120 days, when we look at the names of the Parshas themselves, we see strong lessons in how to look after your own relationship. Strong lessons in how the details matter. The Parsha Devarim, words, words matter. Choose your words correctly. Don't forget to use your words to uplift, to console, to reassure. Don't forget that a word, a compliment, means a tremendous amount. We'll talk a little bit more about that after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Akev. It's the third Parsha in the book of Dvarim. It's also the second week of the seven weeks of consolation. 
and we're kind of just past the middle of the 120 days that stretch from Shavuot until Yom Kippur. What do Shavuot and Yom Kippur have in common? And what does the middle of Av have in common, the 15th day of Av, which we passed recently? They are all days of connection. They are all days of marriages, of relationships. Shavuot is the beginning of a wonderful relationship, which then turned sour. Tuba'av is the hope that comes after the darkness. And Yom Kippur is the culmination. It's the remarriage. But there are steps along the way that we need to take to re-cement the marriage. So last week's parsha, Devarim, we won't go back to Bamidbar right now, although I'm tempted to. Devarim is about words. Do not underestimate the power of a word. The power of a positive word, a thank you. The power of, God forbid, the opposite of a positive word. How words build and words destroy. What are words? They're a detail. Do they really make a difference? They're a detail which really go a long way. Last week's parsha, Vaeschanan, Vaetchanan, Moshe pleads with Hashem. He didn't want to give up trying. That's an important lesson for today's relationships. People give up trying. There's a bit of guilt. There's a bit of frustration, disappointment. And there's a bit of unwillingness to look at ourselves. Moshe pleaded 515 times. We're too quick to jump out of a relationship. We need to persist and persevere and look at Moshe Rabbeinu. Not only did he beg personally 515 times, but he was now up on the mountain for the middle set of 40 times, and he did not stop pleading for the people. He didn't stop praying. And ultimately, not only did Hashem agree, but the next set of 40, which will begin at Elul time, are in a sense of a much higher level. What is the difference? Well, the first set of 40, we say it was like a honeymoon. It's like when you see something beautiful, you want it. But to internalize something is a different story. So God gave them the gift of the Torah. God gave himself to the people, as it says, when you study Torah, oisi atem loikhim. You're taking me. Every word is a name of God. God is in every line and in every word and in every letter. You study it. You connect with it. You're connecting with God himself. What an infinite, infinite gift. But you can still step out of that relationship and create a golden calf unless you've internalized it. Seeing something, receiving something is wonderful. It's external. But when you work for it, when you find it within yourself, when you make it your own, that's a different relationship. In every one of our relationships, we need to understand 
the important lessons, the words we use, the words we use with our partners, the words we use with our children. Children learn by example. And when we use clean words, we use loving words, when we are considerate, when we are nurturing with our words, when we go out of our way to uplift others with our words, suddenly our words become holy. There's godliness in our words. There's a mitzvah in our words. And our children are in the classroom of life, our very own homes. And then not giving up. Don't stop trying the second parasha. No matter how bleak it looks, when God brings you together, don't give up. Get the help. Get the skills, the most sorely lacking thing in today's relationships is skill. We want something and we don't seem to be able to get it because we lack the skill. There's a skill. There's a chokhmah. There's an approach. And a Moloka Yoren, we saw the way the Boba treated the Zayda. We saw the way people treated each other in the street. A man would tip his hat to a lady. There was respect. There was restraint. We need not to give up trying to bring all of that back to our world. We can't throw our hands up and say, what can I do? There's plenty a person can do. If you realize, then you're also empowered to do. In last week's parasha, we had the word ve'ahavta and you shall love. But our sages tell us it's not only a command, it's also a promise. When you involve yourself in the good things that Hashem is telling you to do, a good way of life, a Torah way of life, a godly way of life, you will come to love. You'll come to love God. You'll see different perspective. Your eyes will change because when you work at something, you open up your inner eyes. And that's what the word hearing, and if you will just listen. But listening has two meanings as well. Listen means hear what I'm saying. But when you really hear I hear you, I get you, I understand you. That's what the world is lacking. We don't take the time to hear someone else. We don't take the time to connect. And certainly the time to hear Hashem and to connect with Him. And the question is, how does that happen, which we'll come back to soon. So last week's parsha is Don't Give Up Trying. And this week's parsha is about the detail. The parsha begins, If you will indeed listen, if you'll behave, if you will keep these mishpatim. What are mishpatim? Mishpatim are laws between man and man, civil laws, honor your parents, have courts of justice, have laws, have rules, have consequences in your cities, 
in your judicial, judicial system. If we will devote ourselves to the laws that God gives us, which are the kind of laws that we probably would have thought of on our own, because they're rational laws. But if you will keep them, not because it makes sense to you, but because God said so. And you'll become so careful. You'll be keeping the details and performing the details. And which word indicates that? The word akev. What is akev? Akev is the lowest part of the body. Yes, it means if you will listen. If you will only listen. But that word, as words in Hebrew do, have more than one meaning. And this word akev in Hebrew also means the heel. How is the heel different to the head? The heel is an obedient part of the body. The head is a thinking part of the body. The heel's at the bottom. The head's at the top. The heel doesn't contain the brain as the head does. And yet, for the head to get somewhere, the heel needs to go. And the heel has a kind of thick skin. You can actually scrape off that skin and you'll feel nothing. It's kind of dead skin. And interestingly... The heel balances the entire body. It's not really an important part until it's sore. And then, (laughs) can you walk? And then, can the head go where it needs to go? The heel, the detail, is about the balance of a relationship. The relationship can be full of money. The relationship can be full of parties. The relationship can be full of the external things. But the heart is not warm until the details are in place. And the details are in place, as the Parsha tells us, not because we have to, and not just because I love you, I love you, I love you, but we desperately need to show the love. And how do you show love? You show love in the detail of what is important to the beloved. Now, as far as Hashem is concerned, to show him love, we have to know what he wants. And one thing that he wants is for us to listen. And how do we hear him? Well, he's expressed himself in the Torah. And if we study the Torah and we heed the details of the instructions as to how to keep the mitzvahs, and then we go ahead and we keep the mitzvahs, this is love on our part. And of course, his mitzvahs include many mitzvahs between man and man, and they are no less, as it were, than the mitzvahs between man and God. So it's not just about praying all day or looking the part. It's about acting the part. It's about caring about what God cares about. And we know clearly that he cares about his creations. He cares about the people. He cares about the world. So the parish is telling us that if we will 
listen to his mitzvahs. And the word listen has to do with to heed, to internalize. That I hear you, Hashem. God will shower us with blessings. And the first blessing he will give us is he will love us. And how does Hashem's love manifest? Hashem's love manifests with making us feel secure and content, making us feel safe, making us feel secure. That's the word. But let's look at it in another way. What's bringing the blessings? Doing the right thing brings great blessing. At Shavuot, Hashem gave us the Torah, but we strayed. But when we make it our own, it's much more than when we're given something. You know, we prefer one little thing of our own than some big thing that somebody else gives us. Why? I'll never forget, and I've shared this before, the first cake I ever baked. I wanted my husband to take a picture of me with that cake. I couldn't believe that this mush of flour and eggs and oil and sugar had actually risen and turned into and smelled like a real cake. And I remember the wonderful bakery that was here then called Shirley's. Remember Shirley's? And we would get the most magnificent creations at Shirley's. But I never wanted my husband to take a picture of me with that magnificent Shirley's Black Forest or that wonderful Shirley's nut tort. But I had made it. So no matter how small it is, it's mine. And that's how parents feel about their children, even children who have difficulty. Children who are going through difficulty. Parents don't throw them away. I love you. You're mine. I'm going to make an effort. And when we love Hashem, by doing what He wants, and He wants us to study His Torah, because Torah means guidance, and Torah is not a history book, and it's not a law book only. It's a guide for life. When we do the right thing, He blesses us. But you know, When you do the right thing, you feel good. You feel so filled up when you invest. There's a spiritual, emotional, physical, mental joy that you get from the effort. A sense of achievement. And God wants that for us. In addition to giving us things, he wants us to plow the gifts he's given us back into this incredible way of life. And we then do become, indeed, the co-authors of our own destiny. So the parish of this week, the message is Akiv. Akiv is the bottom of the foot, the seemingly inconsequential things we do. But they can create, they can mean the balance for the entire body. There's no greater feeling than doing the right thing. That tiny little thing, particularly in a relationship. So the very first blessing is You, with humility, keep his mitzvahs. Don't question. Of course, study. Of course, stretch your mind. But don't be such a chochem. The first blessing will be love. He will love you. What is love? Where is love? It's in the detail. Of course, it's different for every individual. 
But when we do Hashem's mishpatim, His ordinances, in detail, that is devotion. Yes, I might feel like dowering the bride. I might feel like honoring my parents. I might feel like creating laws, courts of justice, etc. But I'm not doing it because I feel like it. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Not because I'm this kind of moral person. I've done graphology and, and my handwriting shows that, you know, I have good integrity. No, I'm doing it with the devotion to the relationship and God will love us in return. Every relationship is what King Solomon says, kamayim haponim laponim. One face reflects the other. We nurture each other. How much more so? The infinite God, when he blesses, it is beyond indescribable. So let's listen. Let's hear. Let's obey. And when you do that, you work at it. This kind of internalizing what God's saying allows us to reach our own essence, to join the external, the action, with the internal. Last week, we had the Shema. This week, we have the Vehoya Im Shamoya. Last week was about the individual. And you shall love the Lord your God. This week, it's actually about the community. Spreading it out. It's not just about me and God. It's really about being concerned for others. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker. Don't forget, the days are getting a little bit longer. We light candles before Shabbos today, 528. Do a mitzvah. Reach out to someone else. Encourage them to light their Shabbos candles as well. And to benefit from connecting with Hashem by making the brocha, the correct brocha, lighting the candles at the right time with the right brocha. Let's spread the light. Let's spread the love. Let's do it with humility. The Parsha is about humility. It's about realization that we didn't create ourselves, that God created us, continues to create us, gives us our abilities, gives us our talents. It's not me. It's Him. And I just take and try and give back a modicum, an iota of what has been put into me. We've got to work on our appreciation and our love because it will come back to us infinitely, thousandfold. So the mishpatim that, I, that Moshe asks us to be careful with are the details of day-to-day life. And he tells the Jewish people, if they will be careful, humble, to perform all of Hashem's mitzvahs, even the seemingly minor ones, Hashem would give them so much and certainly all the material means that they would need to continue to fulfill His will. It's amazing when we read in the parsha how many blessings we get for keeping a mitzvah. So if you love someone and you want to 
really bring them blessing. Bring them a mitzvah. Don't hold it back. Bring them a bit of Torah study. Bring them a little tzedakah box to keep in their car. Bring them a candle to light for Shabbos. Give them the opportunity to wrap up with tefillin. If you love someone and you want them to be blessed by God, the blessing is in keeping the detail of mitzvah. And the parsha begins that Moshe is telling the Jewish people, if you heed God's mishpatim, his ordinances, his day-to-day laws, and you safeguard them, and you perform them, wow, the blessings will pour down upon you. God will love you and bless you and multiply you and bless your children, the fruit of your womb, your produce, the fruit of your soil, your grain, your wine, your oil, the offspring of your cattle, and the choice of your flocks. And he'll do all of this in the land that he swore to your forefathers to give you. And it keeps on going. You will be blessed above all peoples. There will be no sterile male or barren female amongst you you, or your livestock. Remove from you all illness. Will not set upon you any of the evil diseases of Egypt that you knew. Etc., etc., etc. He will empower you. He will protect you. Etc., etc. And... We need to ask ourselves again, what part do we play in drawing down God's blessings upon us? And the Rebbe explains, if God were to shower us with blessings, even if we didn't deserve it, he wouldn't be doing us any favor. Similarly with parents, when we give and give and give to the undeserving, when we just keep on buying and giving, we are not doing our children any favors. If God would keep giving us no matter what we did, first of all, we'd feel like little children whose parents, you know, he's only a child, let's overlook it meanwhile. We can't expect them to behave like adults. And that really disempowers us. Worse yet, it would undermine our belief in divine justice. And we would then live lives of shame and confusion. There have to be rules. It makes us so fulfilled when we realize that there's a give and take, that we have a part to play in this entire scenario. When it matters what I say and what I do. The rewards for observing Hashem's mitzvahs are so great that they are totally out of proportion to the effort that's required to fulfill them. We don't realize we light a candle for Shabbos. You have no idea the blessings that pour down. We give a coin to Tzedakah. We have no idea. Infinite, infinite rewards beyond, out of proportion to what we've done. Nonetheless, Hashem still made his rewarding us contingent on our own efforts. We've got to be involved. But the infinite rewards we get are because mitzvahs are infinite, unlimited in nature. In other words, 
we put effort, human effort, and we stretch ourselves sometimes to the limit, and that's all God expects. But what we get back, yes, it has to do with how much we try, and we can bring blessing upon ourselves. At the same time, doing a mitzvah, a mitzvah is infinite, and the blessings are infinite. For us, for our children, their children, etc. And that's why we've got to really take this to heart. Even the seemingly less important mitzvahs, we've got to keep them with the same devotion with which we keep those that we think are so important. And that shows that what matters to us is that Hashem wants us to keep the mitzvah, not we've evaluated, and that's important, that's not important. Hashem, if it's important to you, I will give it my all. And then Hashem gives us His goodness beyond what we've really earned. He rewards us and rewards us. And what's needed from us? That awareness that... We're keeping the mitzvah, not because it makes sense and it's so nice, but because God wants us to do it. And when we're in a good cycle of doing and getting blessing, we can, God forbid, think that it's we who've achieved this. We can forget about the godly factor. And we can think, We could think that it's my own cleverness, my own strength, the might of my hand that have accumulated this wealth for me. That's dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. What we need to do is to constantly be aware that this is a partnership. And we must, absolutely must make sure to retain this concept that God wants us as a partner, but that everything comes from him. Yes, we are powerful. It is we who can bring the Mashiach. God could have made the world a Mashiach world, but he wants us to be part of the process, to have that feeling of achievement, to have that feeling of partnership. What a gift. And we mustn't fool ourselves into thinking, huh, it's all about me. We must work on ourselves to remember at all times that it's a partnership. And it's not just the exciting times, as we mentioned. You know, a wonderful Pesach Seder, a wonderful Rosh Hashanah, a partnership where whatever God wants becomes what I'm going to dedicate myself to. And if he decided that it is we who need to bring Mashiach, it's not because we're so clever. It's because he's given us that that ability. In other words, he's the one who gives us the koyach. We must stay connected to him. He's the source of our success. We shouldn't just say, oh, what I did, my efforts made me so rich. Or I said the right word and Baruch Hashem, everything worked out. Or I went to that place and Baruch Hashem, things came together. Who let you walk? Who gave you the strength to think? Who gave you the ability to just be at the right place at the right time? It's never koichiv yadi. 
It's who Hanoisein Lechokoyach. He constantly gives us input. And that input, that constant input by Hashem, is the source of our, the beginning of our success. Yes, we need to put in effort, but never to forget, He's the one who's blessing us with the ability. What's the difference between me and a piece of uh, meat in the butcher shop? That piece of meat used to be alive as well and used to have instincts and a bit of brain or whatever. What's the difference? The difference is that God's constantly keeping me alive and empowering me to do and to think. We can only see where, God forbid, God has taken away some of those abilities and how startling it is, not only to see that it's gone in someone else, but to realize how miraculous we are, how our brain can make all these connections in milliseconds, how we understand, how we know, how we can connect. It is God, who Hanoisein, He's the one who's constantly, it's a partnership. So let's relate to those seemingly inconsequential mitzvahs. Let's be so impassioned about doing them. And let's not forget that it's a constant partnership. It's a constant unity that keeps us alive and that keeps us having opportunities to create a wonderful world. In the parsha this week, there's an amazing, amazing insight, which helps in every relationship when we understand how we approach something can change the outcome. We find in this week's parsha, Moshe reviews the making of the golden calf, and when he came down off the mountain... And Moshe says, I grasped the two tablets and I hurled them from my two hands, shattering them before your eyes. And the Rebbe asked the question. Moshe was already carrying the tablets. He had no need to grasp them in order to throw them down and break them. Why did he grasp them? Why does the Torah say, for espois? And I seized, I, I grasped them. And the Rebbe explains, he grasped them as a gesture of ownership. He wanted to acquire them as his own personal property in order to assume full responsibility for throwing them down and breaking them. What? Unbelievable. His selfless devotion to the people He didn't just break the tablets, as our sages say, to destroy the evidence of our covenant with God. We had broken our marriage vows, and the tablets were like the ketubah, the marriage contract. So he broke it as if to say, "There, you, you, God, have no claims, as it were, that they need to be loyal to you. Where's the marriage contract? But we see that he wasn't just willing to give up his life so that the Jews would have forgiveness from God. He even took upon himself the blame for breaking the tablets. Let's remember, Moshe wasn't there when they built the golden calf. 
So he couldn't even be guilty of not, of, of trying to prevent it, of, of not trying to prevent it. He wasn't there. But his lesson, his example is a lesson for all of us. We are all leaders, leaders as parents, leaders as partners in any relationship. We are responsible for each other, whether in family or with friends or associates or a member of the nation or of all humanity. We have to be ready and willing to give up whatever is necessary to ensure the survival of the nation and the furtherance of our united divine mission and personal divine mission to transform this world into a home for God. Whether it's monetary resources or our reputation or even our lives, assuming the blame very often makes the total difference. And it's hard for us, very hard for us, to see it that way very often. But there's a Moshe inside each one of us. There's a part of Moshe inside one of us, each one of us. And we need to understand that his example speaks clearly to all of us. Moshe also tells the people, go in all of God's ways. We need to emulate Hashem's kindness and goodness and to remember that when we do that, we absorb God's refinement, his way of thinking. When you live with someone else, you become like the other one. And living with God brings us that incredible, incredible gift. So let's embrace his mitzvahs, even the seemingly simple ones. Let's share them with others. For this week speaks the part of Shema about community. And please, God, may this Shabbos bring us all great consolation, great joy and fulfillment. Good Shabbos and a guten Tomid.